Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Dogs are not our whole life, but they make our lives whole. And that's a quote by Roger Karras. And when I introduce my guest, Richie Schwartz, you will know why we picked that quote. So I want to welcome you again to The Profitable Photographer. This is episode 101. So I would absolutely love to know what you want to hear, what kind of conversations, what kind of guests for the next 99, because this one will already be in the can. <laughs> and if you ever want to get in touch with me, you know, you can go to lucydumascoaching.com, send me an email, and I will send you a link so we can have a quick chat about just about anything, photography or business or support related, not really anything. <laughs> so I want to welcome my guest, Richie Schwartz. Did I pronounce that right? Oh, well, meow. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you, you pronounce it perfectly. Good. Interviewing Richie is going to be like, um, I'm trying to drive some wild horses. So y'all just hang on with me because this is going to be a good ride. So Richie has 40 years in the business. He was a former tech vet, a groomer and a dog trainer. So he has a lot of knowledge about animals. He is in New York, in Long Island, right? <laughs> and he has photographed over 75,000 pets in 33 states and is known, at least in a legend in his own mind, as <laughs> America's most experienced pet photographer, but I bet it's true. Um, he also mentors and teaches and the business of photography, as well as how to be an awesome pet photographer. So that sounds good. And he volunteers his time to help rescue groups. So, hey, Richie, thanks for Hi. being on my show. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks for asking, Lucy. I am pleased to be here. You're welcome. Hey. So you, you mentioned when we were chatting before that you were in broadcasting some. Am I right in that? Or you've, or you just do a lot of fun voices. What am I thinking? He, he, no, yeah, I think you're just thinking about uh, that. Um, uh, some podcasts. I, you know, I've done a few podcasts and, oh, okay. and stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you brought up the broadcasting. I, I did have a career as a as a stand up comic. Okay. So I did that, but that's a whole other interview. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, probably, I'm always. So business oriented people would enjoy hearing some comedy. So if you ever want to throw any in, we're game. All right. <laughs> we I'm, I'm sure we'll, we're going to have a good time today. Yeah, good. So I know that um, in your introduction, I've already learned that you were a, a groomer and a trainer. How did you decide to combine <laughs> your love and experience of animals with a photography business let me go back to the 1970s not to 
tell you how old I am, but <laughs> uh, that's when I was working as, um, I worked in an animal hospital in Long Island. I started out as a receptionist and then one day their uh, veterinary technician quit and they sent me to school and I took some classes, became a vet tech and uh, I, they taught me grooming. I took a class for that. And so I was doing that for a few years in the mid seventies and um, uh, my best friend, he came in one day and he said, hey, look, I've got this camera that my dad found um, at work and would you like to buy it? And I, I bought the camera. I had always been interested in photography, like since I was a child, um, it was nothing new, but it was always like the little kind of brownie cameras, mm -hmm. you know, little Kodak cameras and things yeah. like that. But this was the first time um, I got to have a DSL, you know, uh, mm -hmm. so um, it was, it was, um, I, I'm sorry, in DSL, an SLR, you know, single lens reflex camera. So for people that don't know, that's where you can change the lenses. And um, I took it and um, I was going out with a girl who was a model at Ford Models, which at the time was a big deal, or maybe still is. And, um, and so I was started just taking pictures. And I, as, and while I was at the hospital doing grooming, I got into the habit of taking the dog's picture when they came in looking like a mess. Mm. And then taking a picture of them looking beautiful and when they came out and then eventually I started printing those and hanging them up in the waiting room. And at some point in time, people started to say, can I buy a picture? That looks great. I never saw something like that. And they never thought of taking pictures mm. of the dog like that. And so uh, after so many times, Lucy, the bell went off in my head and I said, you know what, maybe that's what I should be doing instead of working in the animal hospital. Mm. And I could tell you the date. It was uh, it was in January 1980. On a Friday, I told the doctor I was quitting the job at the animal hospital. Over the weekend, I looked in the newspaper. I found a job at a photography studio. They said we're hiring. We're going to give you equipment and training. Wow! And you could start right away. And I remember the pay was $400 a week, and it was doing baby pictures, in-home baby pictures. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those companies. You've been around long enough that, you know, we used to do, they get the list from the hospital, these companies call the parents, the moms up, say, hey, we're going to offer you a free five by seven, send a photographer to your house and take pictures. And of course, nobody ever said no. Yes. So that's what okay. we did. We, so, yeah. so two things. Uh, first of all, one of my favorite quotes that I wrote down probably in my 20s Um when I was wondering, how do you figure out what to do with your life? Mm -hmm. And it says, watch what your hand falls to naturally, and then keep doing more of that. Mm. And so this is the perfect example. Like for me, I was the same. I had my Brownie Hawkeye. I think we're probably <laughs> about the same era and was, you know, always taking snapshots. And then I was, I had a long distance romance and we met in a half at a halfway point and he had just purchased a Canon AE-1 and I helped him figure out how to use it. And the images I took from his camera, just like, it was like this, you know, heaven opened up ah! yep. <laughs> <laughs> because I'd always wanted to be able to capture things I was seeing and that were creating emotion. And I personally am the baby whisperer. You know, you, you're mm -hmm. the 
animal whisperer. I'm the baby whisperer. And also used to love weddings. Uh, so that was really natural for me to build the business on that. So I love that. So that was thought number one. And then the other thing you just said, oh, yeah. So when I decided to do this thing, I hired on with a company that did exactly the same thing where we went to the house, you set up a little studio, right? Yep. And yep. You tried boob, to get the, the babies before anyone else, tried to photograph them young. So it was the first professional portrait. And yep. did they, this, this in San Diego, it was called Baby Photographers of America, but they did those little things where they'd cross, you do a little, a bolster from towels and a blanket yep. and, and they you cross their arms and put <laughs> put your hand under their nose so their chin would lift and yeah. hold them up and and then let go and click the shutter before they fell over was that absolutely we did of course the, the arms folded the arms under the chin the blanket over the head baseball cap Yes. Yep. Baseball, sideways, <laughs> sideways baseball cap. Yes. Right? And then, yes. and then we sold those little uh, five, three pose, five pose, uh, and extra eight by tens. And they they'd print them uh, ahead, and then you'd go back and do the sale here. Is that what they did? Well, I did a little bit different. The company I worked for was called Americana Portraits, and they were they were national. They were in nine or ten states, and uh, I worked for them in New York area. And um, what we did, we went in, we took those pictures and this is, I gotta tell you, this is probably what made me such a great salesperson that I am today is that we took, we had, we had to take nine shots. We used a roll, you know, using a medium format camera that, and the roll of film had 30 exposures on it. So the first shot we took was a info shot, like a slate shot telling us the name of the people and all that. And then we had to take our nine poses so that we could come up with a five post composite and sell some extras. So, right. but once the photo session was done, before I even packed up the camera or anything, I'd sit down and say, let's take a look at some packages you can order today. Mm. And uh, I had to sell packages without them seeing the pictures. Wow. And, but based on what we did, I could refer back to it and say, hey, remember how you were smiling at the one with his hands under him? Or remember how cute that one with the head on, with the cap on sideways, how much, how cute that was. And so we were, I was able to uh, learn how to sell portraits and packages and get some good money uh, without even having pictures in front of me. Just, and then two weeks later, an actual salesperson would come back and he would, what we call upsell. So yes. they had already spent a couple hundred dollars or whatever it was in those days. And um, uh, he'd come back and, you know, he'd sell them the proofs, of course. And then he'd try and, you know, sell them some more pictures. Right. And that's, right. How, that's how that went. And yeah. So the moral of the story for you and I is that experience on someone else's uh, business model, <laughs> both behind the camera and then doing the sales is a really good foundation, or at least it has been for you and I, because we're still at this. I'm uh, 39 years, you're, you're 40 years. Did, I remember learning all kinds of crazy noises that got babies' attention and yeah. things like that. The other thing for people that are 
in that like nobody will spend more than three or four hundred dollar mindset. Um, I was selling, you know, 39 years ago, I was selling these little packages for a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, five hundred dollars mm-hmm. 40 years ago. So yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually just the other day I I I looked up something. I, because I, I came across one of my old uh, receipts from, from then, and it was $199. It was a five-post composite in a plaque with mm-hmm. three 8x10s, <coughs> and it was a $199 package. And, um, it, and I, so I looked up to, to see what that would cost in today's money. It was $1,200 in today's yeah. money. Yeah. And so that's what we were doing, you know, uh, you know for the 1980s. It was over yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah. But that and and uh, yeah, so that was pretty good. Yes. So I know that um, your business is a little different than some of the guests that I have on my show that are doing high volume. I'm sorry, that are doing low volume and big bucks per client, where you know less less uh, clients, more money. And yours is a little bit different. So I would love for you to share about that and why it works really well for you. Yes. Uh, okay. I'm going to do that in a second. I just want to say that when I started that with the baby stuff, I did that for three, four years. And I got into school photography, worked for somebody else. And then I went and worked for a wedding photographer. And I'm saying that now because of what you mentioned before about the, the so to me, um, I can't think of a better way to learn than actually working for someone else on their dime, on their time, but under their supervision and expertise and experience and to, to learn stuff. You know, I know yeah. everybody today, they talk about, well, you could go on YouTube and learn it. You don't need school. You don't need this. You know, there's a video here. There's a, there's a thing there. And yeah, you could do that. But what people don't realize is that it just takes a lot longer when you do it by yourself. Right. And, you know, one of my pet peeves, if I may, no pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) is, you know, that people are seem so against they want to start working in the in the business and they always go, well, you got to start somewhere. And I always say, yeah, but it's got to be the right place where you start. You don't start in the middle if you want to be successful long-term. And it's just a pet peeve of mine that people are seem to be against going to work for somebody else. When I think it's the greatest training in the world. Yeah. And you get paid for it. You get your training and you get paid for it. I mean, what could be mm-hmm. better? But anyway, so. Yeah. And so Richie, I had the same philosophy. And so I called photographers from the Yellow Pages, starting in the back, I started at Z. <laughs> and and before I got idea. too far along, you know, calling saying, hey, I'm looking to be an apprentice. Somebody needs an assistant. I found some people that needed wedding assistants. So I found some opportunities for people that were doing uh, gift certificate coupon programs to photograph the babies twice a week because they were not good with kids. So Richie, even then, the one of the women that I worked for regularly, what I learned was how not to run a business. 
And that was valuable too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I got to practice the, the prep because I would call the, the people that had purchased this session and a cheap eight by 10, uh, get them booked, tell them what to wear. The, the equipment was basically glued down. So I didn't move anything in the studio except for chairs and props and things. And then I did the sales. We were doing the proof passing at the time, but mm -hmm. I would do the sales right then and there. So I got like you, I got that combo of getting to get behind the camera and manage and photograph people and see the results and then sit down with them and practice sales. So I don't know, you probably know selling is my superpower and you just reminded yes. me that one of the reasons is because of that experience that I had with the high volume, low priced product. So right. anywho, okay. So I wanna know about your business model and right. why it works so well. Yes, all right. So let me uh, jump through, you know, all those 15, 20 years where I worked for other people that I did open my own studio eventually specialized of course in babies families weddings and all that stuff we did pet photography but around 20 years ago i uh, got somehow hooked up with some photographers in canada of all places who had an idea about approaching some pet stores um, and doing pet photography for them now i of course for me it sounded great you know two things I love, you know, pets and photography, obviously. What we knew was that pet stores, they all had a pet photographer, but what they did was they did, like they looked in the phone book, found a local photographer and said, hey, could you come in the store and take pet pictures? And of course, you can only imagine what the results were of people, you know, randomly coming in, trying to do pet pictures, maybe never had experience with pets or setting up in a store, a busy place and that sort of thing. The prices varied, the, the quality varied, the equipment varied, the, the scenery varied and, and mm -hmm. so forth. And we said, hey, listen, we will put together a company, but we'll make you one price, one quality, we'll use the same equipment and you'll be able to make an ad on a national basis that which was really the biggest selling point for this company, PetSmart, which at the time had around 800 stores across the country. And, and Canada, the biggest selling point was that they would be able to make one advertisement and put mm. it out there and it would be the same for all their stores because when you're a national chain, that's what you wanna do. You want every store to offer the same things. And we wound up, Lucy, uh, what, beyond our wildest dreams, we wound up getting a contract with them uh, to service 300 stores in, in the Eastern part of the United States, about 35 states, and then about a year and a half into that, we got a call from their com competition, Petco, which is another store with a, uh, over a thousand stores, another, and they asked us if we could do it. So we actually came up with another, it's funny because they didn't want us to use the same name that we used in PetSmart. So we, we created a second company, but we, it was all the same people. <laughs> so, <laughs> because we weren't gonna go on, you know, yeah. but we did have to hire and train about 40 photographers in addition mm -hmm. to all the other stuff. So. 
this was what started me in this world of pet photography. Mm. And, um, and what I, it's the first time, you know, I had done school photography, so I understood the concept of high volume, low price. You know, at the time we used to sell packages for $25 to the schools, you know, mm-hmm. five by seven wallets and a group picture, you yeah. know. And of course, when you're photographing 800 kids, you know, in, in, in a school in two or three days, you know, yeah. that, that's a ton of money. Yeah. Um, so, so Richie, I want to pull you from the past of your foundation to yep. your business and the business model, which is a higher volume uh, and, and share about that with, and my audience really loves some doable tips. So at some point um, I want to, you know, have some, some discussion about things that they can actually do themselves. But so you already shared that you've been involved in, in high volume studios and you've seen how much money there can be made in that. So tell me about your pet photography business. Yeah. So um, Lucy, the, the main thing that separates me from a lot of the other, even pet photographers or photographers in general. And, and let me just throw in that most of the stuff I will talk about, hopefully coming up in the next however many minutes we have left, um, Obviously, it applies to pet photography, but the, the concept can be, you know, used pretty much across the board, no matter what you specialize in. Mm-hmm. Because, and so my, <clears throat> what I learned from, you know, the past was that instead of having a studio, which I, I have a studio, where I wait for people to show up and constantly, you know, the, the constant marketing, advertising, and the, the constant um, uh, push to get people in there and no matter how good you are people are only going to come from a certain distance away people aren't going to come from two hours away or three hours away and come into the studio um, not usually anyway and so you're kind of limited to to a market what I what I learned from the working with the chain stores was I could do the same thing on a local level and push it out where I go to different stores like pet hospitals, pet boutiques, grooming salons, boarding kennels, uh, anything that's a pet related store and become a partner with them. And we do the pictures at their place. In, mm. in, in essence, you know, I make a joke about it, but I say I'm the school photographer of the pet photography. Oh, I like that. Let me right? say that. that uh, <laughs> You're the school photographer of the pet business. The, I love it. Okay. Right. The pet photography <laughs> business. Yes. And, you know, the concept is simple. We go to their place. Uh, you know, it's like you go where the pets are. So one of the most valuable things that I learned that makes my business work today was that instead of having one studio, one location where I had to wait for people to come from a certain distance away. Um, that it's going to be limited. And so I went back to my uh, uh, idea of partnering with other stores. And mm-hmm. I was so because I'm a pet photographer, I want to partner with pet businesses. So animal hospitals, pet boutiques, uh, grooming salons, boarding kennels, any kind of business like that. 
And um, what we do is we become a partner. We use their building and their customers and their marketing. Mm. You know, one of the one of the great things about what I do uh, in the partnering is um, we don't have to do all the advertising. Uh, we the places where we're going, they do advertising to their customers. Mm. So instead of me, realistically, I mean, instead of me having one photo studio where people come, I essentially have 30 or 40 photo studios where people will come. Right. Now, of course, here's the thing. I can't do all that alone. So I did have to hire more people. But you know what? If I hire more people, they make more money. And you know, mm-hmm. if, if I have, it doesn't even matter what I pay them. If I make a 20 or 30% profit on what they did that day, that's just more money in the bank. So instead of me being in one particular location on a Saturday, for instance, and um, I will say all this pre-COVID because I'm not doing anything during this right now, especially here on Long Island, but, um, you know, we can have um, a, a good amount of money coming in. We could see, you know, 100, 120 people, you know, combined, uh, by having photographers in three or four different locations. And so I do have people in four different states. Wow. And so that's how we do it. My main thing is becoming the partner. And it's never not worked out. Wow. If you're a baby photographer or a kid's photographer, you could do the same thing. You can approach a business like Kids Are Us, Babies Are Us, you, any baby boutique in town or, you know, baby doctors and things like that you can make the same sort of offer to them mm-hmm. and um, what I do is I make it uh, you know people ask well what's in it for them and how do you actually get in the door um, I I know that I have to make it about them of course I, I have a lot of benefits from doing that kind of uh, work but I have to approach a business and make it all about them, what it's going to do for them. I explained to them that I have a following and my, follow, my people will come there to their store. Mm, then they're, yeah. going to, they're going to meet people who would never otherwise know about their store, much less come to it. And once they're here, they will buy stuff um, or they may use your services. And I always uh, suggest to them that they have some kind of a coupon or giveaway, a flyer, that mm-hmm. you can give to those people coming in for the pet photography. Now, on the same, uh, with the same thing, their customers are going to find out about pet photography coming there, and I will meet people who I never would have met otherwise and use my services. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win. I do offer a percentage of the sales. Now, interestingly enough, almost none of the stores I work with ever want to take money off the top, but they suggest sometimes a donation, maybe 10% of my sales to a rescue group or something like that. Mm. I have one or two that, you know, one wants 10%, one wants 15%. I have a a big chain that wanted uh, uh, 15%, but, you know, they had hundreds of stores, so I wasn't going to bitch about that, complain about that. Yeah, that is awesome. And that I would never want to have a business like that personally, but I love that <laughs> you do. Um, the reason is that I'm very attached to actually being the photographer. And I know there's probably more, more income in having other people work under the business as opposed to being the solopreneur. 
-hmm. the other thing I, I assume because it's probably pretty profitable for you is that you can afford to take a year where you don't have business because you've been doing well in the past, right? So it's not like you're going to lose your house and your car and have to go live in a tent. Oh, because no, no, you've no. had a, a great business beforehand. So it's, it's kind yeah. of insurance against things like a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. Um, no, we shut down uh, March of 2020 and have not, for the most part, have not returned to, well, well, let me put it this way. I haven't returned to photographing in other locations. I did a few photo sessions in my studio, um, you know, making sure people uh, wear the mask and blah, blah, blah. You know, around the holiday time, I kind of had to do it because people were just, you know, literally banging down the door of the studio. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the partnering, going into the other stores because the stores really weren't up to like having crowds of people in their place either so yeah and, and um no of course you know i'm listen i'm going to be 70 years old i've been working a long time I'm, the money's not an issue yeah so and i know everybody can't do that people are struggling you know with the pandemic and you know hopefully they can you know get some government assistance if, if they're hurting so so hey richie so how much prep time from contacting a store or not contacting but so let's say things are cranking up and you're you know that uh maybe in the fall you could do some of these so how long in advance do you start preparing and advertising and all that stuff or having them do it like what's the lead time Right. And then also, do they buy packages right there or do do they pick it up at the store? So my first question is how far in advance? Okay. So yeah, your first question has to do with the prep and getting, getting the photo shoot ready to go. So my, uh, we, we like to have a four to six week week lead time, um, ideally. And of course, um, during the busy seasons, seasons, uh, which would be Valentine's Day, Easter time, um, July 4th, Christmas, Hanukkah, any holiday time, we don't need as much time because it's just a higher demand. Okay. But, um, you know, and we do, we do this year round, you know, it's, it's not, um, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, we're going to do a Halloween, you know, photo shoot and stuff like that. We, we do it all the year round. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to on a tangent there. Um, I, I would like to say to the people that do the Christmas shoot or the, or the Halloween shoot or something like that as something as special. Um, there's no reason not to continue it, you know, all year long. But, you know, instead of just picking one day out of the mm-hmm. year to, to do it. Um, so what we do is what I do on my end is we we provide to the store flyers to hand out at the cash register, and we make them posters. So I think they're two feet by three feet to put in their windows of the store. We give them a clipboard with a sign up sheet where people could put their name while they're standing there online at the you know at the cash register. They can put their name down with their email and phone number. And so the store starts to promote it. And of course they will send out, if they do advertising marketing themselves, they'll, they'll include something about it in their marketing. Hopefully they're sending out an email with the, with the information. Now, 
Um, some of that stuff might seem redundant, but it's not really. Um, we let people book online. And so I have a nice system where people could just, you know, they go online when our calendar is active, they pick the day, they, well, they, they actually pick a location. And uh, because, you know, you look at the calendar, it tells you what city will be in, you know, and they'll click on the location they want, and then they'll see what times are available, and then they'll fill it out with the information. And they'll get an email back saying, this is what you entered, and it's correct, and we'll please, you know, confirm. And then we send them back an email that has all the info that we have on the website about how long it takes and uh, how to prepare for it and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Okay. And uh, so, oh, how the, many, how many do you do, uh, do you book in an hour? Um, we do, a, a, sure. Well, the, the most we could do in an hour is, uh, believe it or not, well, it's six. Okay. More, more likely, um, it's going to be four. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you how that works. And what we do initially when we're booking a store, we're booking every 30 minutes. Now, uh, what, what, you, what, what I have to should interject here is the fact that, and you asked me, you know, when you're telling me what you're going to ask, I'm going to cover it now, is that we do on-site same day, take the pictures, show the pictures, and do the sale. Uh -huh. And we do that all in 30 minutes. So that would be one photographer working by themselves, take the pictures, show the pictures. And so we come with the laptop and a monitor. We have the samples. And we sit down at the table. We finish the photo shoot, which takes about 10 minutes. And then we have another 15, 20 minutes to go through the rest. So. Uh, that's what we do. So there's no looking at, you know, coming back another day. There's no editing time or anything like that, sure. which is which is really what what makes it um, so efficient for us and uh, and keeps the cost super low because, you know, in that one half hour, everything happens and there's nothing right. much more to do than, you know, click, a, you know, later on somebody in the office will pick the, you know, they'll go through whatever the lady, whatever the client chose, they'll crop it and, you know, do whatever they have to do. And there's almost no editing other than usually cropping because mm -hmm. we're doing a studio setup. The lights are the same. The f-stop's the same. It's on a tripod. They sit on a table. The backdrops are there. And, um, you know, so, you know, as far as like batch editing, there's not really anything to do. We just take the pictures they chose they like. We crop them. Great. And send in the order. And then now, do you ship it out to them or do they pick it up at the store? Yeah, um, I'll come back to that in a second. Okay. Um, so what I want to say is, you know, you asked me how many we could do. So that's every 30 minutes. Now, if we get to a point where it's, you know, more than, uh, say, more than eight or 10 people booked for one day, then I'll, I'll bring an extra person mm. who could do the sales so that I could continue to shoot so that instead of every 30 minutes, now I'm doing one every 15 minutes mm. because I only need the shoot time, 15 minutes, and they'll take the sell time, 15 minutes. So now we can go from in an eight hour day, go from shooting 16 to 32. And it's, so that's, that's, you know, no matter what your sales average is, you multiply it by 32, that's good money for one day. Yeah. And yeah. so, so um, you know, and we do average $150 to $200. So 
you know, we're talking five, $6,000 a day. So what's the average sales since you brought that up from, from what to what? If it's not a holiday, so we're talking about, you know, just normally uh, people coming in, it's about 150 to 200 and right in that price range. Just, okay. And that, that varies according to really the, the neighborhood that we're in more than anything else. So, you know, we work in some, you know, especially here on Long Island, we have some of the highest income zip codes in the country, but we also work in some places in New York City where, you know, it's some of the lowest income zip codes. But so that's really the biggest reason that it varies at all, um, because, you know, we're pretty simple with our packages. Yeah, got it. Now, as far as like how we get these to the customer, Here's another beautiful thing, Lucy. Are you sitting down? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> we, we, we take those, let's say those 25 customers that we did that day. And once we get it all that is printed out and packaged up, we send them in one box, all of them back to that one store. Right. So that means the cost of postage or delivery is negligible. And it's also a selling point for the store when we want to talk to them because we say, hey guys, we're going to send the pictures back to you. That means all those people have to come back into your store another day, giving you another chance to sell them more of your stuff. And that, that's a great selling point. Makes it easy for us, makes it easy for the customer. They know right where to go. They don't have to be home to get the package and all that stuff. So really? that is, you know, there you go. So. If someone said, I like what you do, but I'd like a custom session, do you have any availability, any part of your business where someone could hire you to do a high-end session? Yes. And I will say about 10% of my business is custom. Of course, we're going to get people who have <clears throat> maybe too many dogs to come into a pet store or their mm -hmm. dog is not trained well enough to come into the pet store, or the person themselves doesn't feel like being in that situation, coming in, maybe standing in a line, even though we, we work by appointment, sometimes, you know, someone runs late, someone comes early and so forth. And so that, of course, we have the studio for that. We do the higher end there. <clears throat> and while we do a $25 sitting fee or session fee at the pet store per person, at my studio, we do $150 sitting fee for their photo session. And then of course, selling them their portraits. And if we do, we do, I do on location too. I'll go to somebody's house or meet them in the park and I'm charging a $250 session fee. I, I, I don't call it a session fee. I call it a retainer fee because okay. um, you know um, I, I know that legally we call it a non-refundable retainer fee to reserve your day and time mm -hmm. and so forth and just on the legal side. And, you know, that's also, um, I like to get that when, that happens when they book the appointment. If they don't pay that money, when they book the appointment, they did not book an appointment. So right. uh, I know I read these crazy things in some of the Facebook groups I, uh, I'm in. And, um, you know, some people think it's good or bad. For me, it's like money spent, money forgotten. Mm -hmm. And so you want to, you know, you give me your $150 this week and you come that, you know, in two, three weeks to, to take the pictures. And then we do the same thing, even in the studio, once they're going to take the pictures, we're going to sit down at the computer, look at them, and they're going to make their decision and sale right there. Okay. And the only thing different with this, of course, we'll do a hand delivery because usually they're getting, 
mm-hmm. bigger, bigger items and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, so and, going back, yeah. quick question on the, um, the store event. So when they book an appointment, do, do they pay that $25 in order to reserve the time on the calendar? Uh, you know, no, they don't. They don't. They, they pay that when they come in. And, you know, once the session is done, we just add the 25 to whatever it is they're purchasing. Why is now, that? Why don't you just have them go ahead and pay that? Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, I have found that because I'm so specialized and because um, that I don't have people. The, the reason, like, the only reason I could think of why I'd want to do it is um, because people would be canceling or not showing up. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is, and it blows my mind to this day, is that if we have 20 people book, we normally going to get 20 people show up. Wow. Sometimes. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very odd because you would think they have no skin in the game. They're not paying anything. But here's my other thought was, and I've tried it. Listen, I've tried paying a sitting fee in advance, a small sitting fee, a big sitting fee. Um, you know, we've tried it without it. We've tried it without appointment times. We've, we've, we, you know, we tried walk-ins. I've tried it all. And I found that if people go through the whole process of booking the appointment, getting all the information, that uh, honestly at $25, it's not like $150, $250 where they don't want to lose it, you know? Right. Um, it's, it's not going to matter. If they're not going to come, they're, 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 they'll give up the 25 bucks. And that's okay. not really what I want. So I don't haven't found a need for it. Okay. And it wouldn't bump up your sales by $25? No, because we had that out of pocket. I see what you're saying. No, because it's such a small amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you know, it's just the, and the bookkeeping as well. You know, part of the reason I'm so profitable is I keep everything so simple. It's just one less thing that I need to have somebody in the office looking after like who paid the $25 sitting fee who didn't you got to give them a call get the money and you know on and on so perfect if I wasn't if I was getting people that didn't show um it would be an issue but you know we we make we send them a nice letter hey say we understand if you can't come please just give us a call you know try and do it the day before and that sort of thing and and we're okay with that and yeah, it hasn't been an issue. So, really, such great tips for people that love this idea of volume. Um, yeah. I years ago, um, just to see what it was like, I bought one of the Olin Mills gift certificates uh-huh. Uh-huh. and went in and had a portrait created. And I did it during the week so that there wasn't like, 20 people in the waiting room and I talked to them a little about how they do their business and with those they would book on a weekend like 10 every hour because they knew that about four or five would show up so it's interesting that that with the pets and the way that you're probably doing everything right that you don't have a lot of no-shows that's really that's really awesome. Yeah. And, and I will say that part of what helps us is that we, we actually have so much stuff automated. We do have a, an automated confirmation. If they, when they book online, first of all, once they book, once they enter their info, the, like I said, 
they'll get an initial email that says, uh, please, someone made from this email just made an appointment, please confirm. Then they get the sheet, but we have it automated. So three days before the shoot, they'll get an automatic email that just mm -hmm. say, just confirming. And please, you know, click here to confirm. Um, if we don't get that, then they will get a phone call from my office manager the day before to say, hey, we didn't see, uh, you know, your email come in. Are you coming? And so, ah. you know, a lot of times they just forgot or they, you know, didn't think they had to and so forth. Whatever. But at that time, it gives them the chance to cancel. And, um, and that's fine because once that opening goes back on the website, you know, somebody will grab it. Yeah. So, so it's very important. The confirmation process is so important. Right. Right. So, hey, I saw something about pet fashion shows. <laughs> yeah. I think you so, would like to know. Tell me what that's about. So uh, let's see. What year are we in? Uh, so almost 10 years ago, maybe nine, 10 years. Um, somebody called me up and said, hey, um, we're doing a, a, a fundraiser. For, for I, I think the it was for it was for uh, cancer care I believe it was okay and and uh, you know some person it was it was in honor of somebody that passed away from cancer but the fundraiser itself turned out to be a doggy fashion show mm. and I said wow and now I know why you called me. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> because I'm saying, why are they calling me? And it was in New York City. It was in a very prestigious uh, place, and I came, you know, like I normally would go to any other pet store. I brought my table, the, the backdrops, the props, and um, which I want to, you know, talk about, you know, shortly. Okay. Uh, as far as that goes, um, uh, and and um, <clears throat> it turns out that. You know, amongst all the other festivities that they did, they had dogs dressed up in these doggy outfits that were made by designers, clothes designers from around the country, from around the world even. So I remember someone from Colombia sending something in Europe. And these very fancy gowns that cost anywhere from $50 to $500 to put on the dog. And they actually do it like, you know, they walk down the runway and they, you know, uh, just like you would see, you know, Fashion Week in yeah. New York City, mm -hmm. and but it's with the pets. And um, so what I did was, I don't think they were, you know, I don't know what they were thinking I was going to do. Maybe they thought I'd be, you know, photographing them on the runway and stuff like that, which, mm -hmm. you know, I right away, I recognized that there were 20 other photographers doing it there for the newspapers and everybody else. And I said, give me a space in the back of the room or backstage. I'm going to set up a backdrop. And when they're not on stage, they're going to come here. I'm going to take their picture. So I got to, I set up my lights, a couple lights with umbrella. And I did the whole studio in the back. They weren't expecting it. And when they saw what I did with that, and that, that, that I have to do a little bit differently. There's no chance to sit down and show them their pictures like I would normally do in the store when they're coming in by appointment. So we just did, you know, however many people, we, we take their pictures in these great outfits and I'd use a fancy little velvet pet couch that I have and the, and the owners would jump in the pictures with them. They were dressed up as well. And um, I put it on the Facebook page for them to see and then we'd offer it for sale. 
And so I give a percentage of the money back to the charity. And, um, and this was the first one I did. It was, I remember the name is called Doggies and Tiaras was the name, the name of the, the fashion show. So mm -hmm. um, I learned that day that there's this whole industry, this whole subculture of pet owners. Uh, now at the time it was mostly in New York City, but I, I now know that it's big in Florida, it's big in California, it's big in Carolina. Mm. And there's this whole, there's this whole, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not like a tour, you know, there's like, you know, there's all these places where they actually go like on tour, some of these designers, you know, to different- Oh, interesting. The country. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so um, it was so popular the pictures that they saw from what I did, I just started getting phone calls. And then wow. if I saw something, if I saw something online that, and I had, you know, a couple of friends who were like into, you know, they were tuned into knowing some of those people, they worked at pet stores and stuff. And they'd always let me know. And I've been doing really well with that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, just showing up, you know, and having no expense, zero expense right. to, to market or advertise. Just mm -hmm. show up with the camera and the lights and take their pictures, post it online, let them buy it. And uh, it's been great. Hey, Richie, one of my uh, guilty pleasures, I live alone, so I'm allowed, is I watch some of the Real Housewives reality mm -hmm. shows, mostly yeah. to uh, realize I'm pretty sane and I'm pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes and that money doesn't buy uh manners or happiness <laughs> and yeah. i think that th this is uh ringing a bell and i think the real housewives of new york there was a uh, no one I'll, tell you, episode. I'll tell you what you what, what's ringing the bell they did a series uh, called dog moms of new york that's probably what you're thinking of. It was based on the same thing, Real Housewives. No, this was just during no. the episodes. Oh, okay. There was like a doggy fashion show, and some of the some of the housewives in New York have dogs, and they were getting their designers together to do it. So, anyway, cool. I can I can picture the whole thing. Yeah. So, well, believe it or not, out of that came an actual show called Dog Moms of New York. So ah. they 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 did a spinoff. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'll have to watch that. <laughs> so I have three questions for you. Yeah. So number one, I know you have lots and lots of ways to get in touch with you. What is the best, simplest way to hook into the Richie Schwartz experience to find out about groups and Instagram and all of that? How can somebody best connect with you, Richie? You know, uh, they could call me on the phone, uh, uh -huh. which I'm sure you'll put in the liner notes there, or they yeah. could send me an, uh, send me an email is really, uh, for me, the, the way that I prefer most. Okay. Uh, and what's your email? My, uh, what's your email address, Richie? That would be Richie at petsphotography.com. It's plural, P-E-T-S photography.com. Okay. And, um, you know, happy to go from there. They could go onto my business Facebook page, send me a message or my Instagram. Um, if, if you didn't see it, I sent you a, um, a, a paper with my different you know, social medias. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, of course, Instagram. Right, yeah, uh, so. And a, and a YouTube channel. I have yeah, but if, if they sent you an email and said, hey, where are you 
where can I find you or what are your Facebook groups uh, or? Yes, yes, because I, yeah, because um, I don't know if you saw, I actually run, I think eight or nine Facebook groups. Yes. Um, everything from social media, but you know, photography related, um, I have the professional pet photography business discussion group. I have the customer service for pro photographers. I have the art and business of photography. Yeah. So okay. I have okay. different things okay. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they can they can learn all about that through a simple email or finding yes. you on Facebook and messaging you and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer the email. Okay. So number two, I'm not gonna say tell me a joke because I know that with <laughs> comedians, that's like I'm not a joke teller. But right. if you have a fun story uh, that relates to animals or anything, does something sure. come to mind yeah. that you can also make us laugh or? Well, you know, it's, it, it's funny that you bring that up, Lucy, because yesterday I was out in the neighborhood and I'm walking down, you know, to the 7-Eleven, pick up a coffee. And I saw uh, one of my neighbors was having a uh, yard sale and, and there was a sign in, in the yard there, it said, uh, talking dog for sale, $10. So I said, what? What are you talking about? First of all, dogs don't talk. And who sells a dog for $10? You know, but mm -hmm. so, uh, I had to go. I had to go <laughs> and talk to the guy and see. I said, what is this sign about talking dog for sale, $10? Uh, he says, yeah, come, I'll show you. So we go in his backyard. And he says, here's my dog. And believe it or not, he talks. So I said, so I look at the dog. I pet him. I said, nice dog. But. Um, he's not saying anything. And then the owner says, listen, just stand there for a minute. I'll leave you guys alone. And the guy walks away and the dogs, the dog says, Hey, what's up? <laughs> I said, what? I said, he says, Hey, what's up? I said, Oh my God, you do talk. I said, yeah. He says, you know what? I'm so depressed. I said, what, what do you mean you're depressed? He says, I got to tell you something. I used to be a guard dog for the president of the United States. I worked for the Secret Service. I traveled around the world. I got to meet world leaders in Russia and England and Europe. And now here I am in my later life. I'm stuck here in this guy's backyard. Wouldn't you be depressed? I said to myself, oh my God, this is unbelievable. I went to the guy who owns the, the dog. I said, listen, Mister, this dog, really was talking to me. I, why are you selling him for $10? He says, because he's a liar. He's never been out of the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and that just happened yesterday. Wow, yesterday, what a coincidence. Yes. <laughs> okay, so before I ask you the last question, I want to remind my listeners to stay tuned for my wrap up. And yeah. be sure that you asked to be in my private group, The Profitable Photographer, and like my page, and then uh, all kinds of other good stuff will be available. So parting words, if you could leave the listeners, either is there something you wish you had shared or kind of a wrap up of your philosophy? What, what would your last word um, Okay. Be? There's a couple things which I, you know, if we had more time, we'd get more into, but um, I want to just say quickly two things. Uh, one is that when I'm doing my photo shoots, I am one of those people that does themed portraits, which is part of why I'm successful, because I found a way to 
do stuff that most other photographers don't. When you see most pet photography that's indoors, it's like a you know a master's backdrop or it's white or black background. I am mm-hmm. themed portraits year round, and every photo session that we do, our goal is to get four different themed portraits. So whether it looks like they're on the beach or in the woods or or it, or it's a, a fall backdrop with pumpkins and leaves, we create it all in the studio. And the reason I do that is because Lucy, when I when we were doing the baby portraits 30, 40 years ago, and we learned that you do different poses so they buy more pictures, it's the same theory. The more variety I have, the more I could sell them. Right. And it, that stands to this day. So it's a really important part of my business. And I would say anybody's business when you can make pictures that look different. Don't so just take mm-hmm. 30 pictures of the, you know, whatever your subject is, change them up. Um, And the other thing I want to say is, although I talk about doing this in multiple places, um, it started with one. It can all start with one. You find a local, uh, if you want to do this yourself or you want to get into the pet photography, whether you do pet photography or something else, you want to give it a try. Just most people, if you have a pet, you already know pet stores, animal hospitals, you know, all that stuff, go and approach them and say, hey, how would you like if we did some?" Pet photography here brought you some new customers, brought you some attention, brought you some press, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you know, it doesn't just because I'm doing it in you know dozens of stores every month. You don't have to do it that way. Right. Start with one. Start. And, you know, like like I said earlier, everybody starts somewhere. You know, start at the beginning, mm-hmm. nice and easy. This is possible for anybody. Right. And the other thing that probably people are thinking. And you know this, and I've heard you probably say this in the past, you know, work, work smarter, not harder. Yes. And I, I have a feeling that people believe I'm working harder, but I'm not really, because we have such a system and it's so seamless. And after all this time of doing it, I actually work less hard on spending a, a weekend shooting 30, 40 people than I do trying to get that one $5,000 client to come in and all the marketing and the back and forth and the mm-hmm. touching and the, this and that. And, you know, um, and the, the other thing is, of course, when you get to a certain point, you have to hire somebody to help you. And that changes everything. You know, the first time I hired somebody to help me, it was a game changer totally. And I learned, you know, I'm a control freak. I, my marriage broke up, Lucy, because I was working 80 hours a week in my photo studio when I first started my studio. Mm. And I, le- I learned that I don't have to do it all. I have to start trusting people and hire the right people. And yeah. any, anybody can do this, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, that's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I have, I have a lot more that we could have talked about, but. Of know, course, of course. Uh, and so, <laughs> for example, our mutual friend Aaron Bonilla yes which um I don't know if you know this but when she and I started and she's posted this uh with coaching her she was doing $200 shoot and burn and I convinced her that pet photography that there was money in it and that she would love it well she's built her business to the point where she can just stay home Right. And bring in yep. $50,000 a month plus. Yes. So she's working <laughs> smarter and not, you know, she worked really hard to build that. Right. And, um, you know, her dream was more like yours to be a business owner, having a really successful and profitable 
business. And so she planned and learned from a lot of people. I wasn't the only person that she went to, to learn, you know, and get support, but um, yeah, yeah, she's, she's definitely worked really smart and I just, you know, I'm so proud of her and I know you are as well. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I want to say something, you know, from what I know of Erin and I have talked to her, you know, on the phone and stuff. Um, uh, part of, part of her success comes from her sales abilities. I know that before she was doing photography, I believe she was selling home goods or drapes or something like Blinds. that. Yeah. Right. But she was an excellent salesperson and that ability to be able to relate to people, talk to them and sell to them. Um, it, it, you, you have to have that. You have to have that ability and to be able to I actually you have to be able to teach it to the people you hire. Right. But that is the difference between, you know, super, you know what it is? That makes the difference between owning a business and being an entrepreneur. Right. That's, you know. And truthfully, because I, I helped her with the system of how you sell portraits mm -hmm. and a lot of my coaching clients are not innately natural salesperson. Right. Say that again, Richie, not innately natural salespeople <laughs> like I think you and I and and Aaron and other people it can be learned and then you can teach it to other people so right. that that core is learn how to sell if that's not something you already know how to do and handle those demons and those mindsets where we think it's like a bad thing rather than a good thing because when we sell yes. somebody something that is amazing and we know it's going to um, enhance their lives, it isn't slimy, it's, it's a gift, it's a blessing to help people you, purchase something valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I, I know that Erin thinks the world of you. You know, whenever she talks about her success, Lucy, oh. she mentions you as being, you know, her, you know, key to, to where she came from. So whatever you do when you're mentoring, um, it's obviously she's a she's a great example of success. You can help people get. Thank you. Stuff. Yes, yeah, and what surprised too. me because it was earlier in my um, I think I've been coaching officially six or seven years, but it, some people have even surprised me at what's possible because they have their own dreams, and so having somebody like you or I or someone else in our in your corner that believes in your dreams as opposed to trying to target you into what they've done um you know you like the dr seuss book oh the places you can go <laughs> you know you can go wherever you dream but first you have to have the dream and yes. i i love richie that you have shared another possible option for people that want to have a lot of success and get some good money and also think of all the people you've employed and how that has blessed their lives oh, so absolutely i love absolutely. it i love it yeah and i gotta tell you i got a couple girls working for me or women i should say photographers Thank you. <laughs> uh, better um um that have been with me over 10 years and 
you, you know, we talk, some people talk about like, well, I'm afraid to hire someone because they're going to be my competitor and I don't want, I'm afraid. And you know what? I, I'm blessed. These, these photographers, they're not interested in running their own business. They really enjoy, really enjoy, you know, this is where you go and they're going to work for the day. They're going to finish and pack up at the end of the day and they're done and they get a paycheck yeah and they're not they, they, they don't want to be the entrepreneur they want to be the photographer and yes. it works great you know it's it, uh, key to running a, a, a hiring people it's got to be the right people of course and, and so, if yeah. if one or two it's like i appreciate what you're saying i've always been an open book about if i learn something i want to share it i've mm -hmm. done that all my life and I know there are some people that are like, oh, I don't want to give away my secrets. Well, the chances <laughs> are one in a hundred will actually use that guidance. <laughs> so if let's say you had 20 employees and one takes that, like how you and I worked for other people and we, we took what we learned and we continued to grow mm -hmm. on our own, that's awesome because- yeah. There is so much work out there and it's like, I love, I, I don't know if this is Charles Lewis or Ken Wintmeyer that used to talk about that we're not in competition with other photographers. We're in competition with jewelry stores, restaurants, mm. anything that has some luxury investment even at $150, $200, there's other places somebody might think about spending that right. that's that's who that yeah. money is going to go to something and so why not us and why not us? also i love i know that you agree with me on this the more i teach the more i learn do, do you feel that too absolutely you, you know uh, it's funny one of one of my facebook groups is called pet photographers learn and teach and mm. You know, I, you know, in my, you know, in my about, about the group, I pretty sure it says something about this is for every level of photography. You, if you're joining this group, you either want to learn or teach or both and just have a good time. And definitely I'm like, I, I'm in this 40 years. I, I mean, I, when I say 40 years, that's full time. I was actually doing photography before, but part time, but you know, when I yeah, made same. the switch to full time um, and to this day, I learn stuff and I'm open to learning more than anything else that that makes me uh, in my mind okay is that I'm open to learning I don't think I know it all hardly far from right. it I and I think from a lot of people and I think and, that's the mindset people are always talking about having the right mindset being a lifelong learner and uh, like open at the top is is probably the key to a lifetime of success is staying open and not thinking we've arrived. Yeah. There's always more. It's true. But, and and I got to say, you know, being able to, you know, having that mindset, being able to change with all the different trends that we've seen come and go over the years in the photography industry hmm. and the changes that digital brought to us and the computer brought to us and all these different things to be able to still say, stay current and not be looked at as oh that's one of those old old-fashioned old fogies you know where i'm still at the point where because i'm open to learning and i do stay current i hope and uh, i 
and I, I you know, I stay in touch with today's um, generation as well as my yeah. own generation. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Same, same. Well, Richie, this has been so much fun. I know it would be great to actually get to have this one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. And I, so I'm looking forward to, um, you know, more as we hang out together online and yeah. listen and share and stuff. Um, so again, to my listeners, after we uh, bid Richie a fond adieu, Stay tuned for my little wrap up. So again, thank you, <laughs> well, Richie. It's been so much fun. You're welcome, Lucy. Uh, thanks for asking me and uh, I enjoyed it. And I look forward to part two sometime in the future. Absolutely, <laughs> yep. So here's a quick wrap up of a fun conversation with the amazing Richie Schwartz. Um, something I found interesting was that before he was a photographer, he worked in the animal world, animal hospital, grooming, vet tech, animal behavior and such. And when I think about my life, I worked in a children's store, I babysat, I had a lot of things that set me up to um, kind of have knowledge of children, which is my specialty if you've been listening a while. So I love the idea that when you're thinking about what to do, think about not only what you love, but maybe your background that is, um, uh, besides photography, something that you have knowledge of, something you really, really love. And we also have a similar background where we early on worked for other people. Uh, funnily enough, we both did in-home baby photography and did the sales and, and such. And I love his idea of finding people who, who need photographers and working for them. Because I have to say for me, when I worked um, about 10 hours a week for, I don't know, might've been a year or two at a, a children's studio, that gave me a lot of experience handling people. And then he shared about how he started a uh, program uh, that was high volume pet photography. And instead of having his own studio where they came to him, he set up studios in pet stores and vet offices and groomers and so forth. And his kind of volume, I think he said he could make, was it like $5,000 a day? And that's not too bad. <laughs> um, so I loved how he did, uh, he shared with us a lot of the ins and outs. You want a four to six week lead. You can do seasons, but also you can um, have it non-seasonal. And you provide the flyers and posters and clipboards and written emails for the company that's promoting it to have. Um, uh, he shared a little about how they book, that they do it online, but they can take home a flyer, they can do a sign up. And through this, he does get some custom portrait business because 
No, it's going to be people that are like, well, this was fun, but what else can you do for me? He shared with us about the pet fashion show. And I think that is fun to try to find those. He said that there's actually sort of a, a not a syndicate, but something, a traveling fashion show business that you might check out. And he, he gave us a few last things. One was about the themed portraits and how that gives you the option of a lot of variety. And you don't have to do, you know, 30 stores. You can start with one. And that for him, this is his way of working smarter, not harder. And the importance of number one, creating a system and also not doing everything alone. He said the discovery when he hired somebody of how much easier everything got was huge. So I know that um, he's, he's preaching to somebody that if I could do my, my photography business all over again, I would have hired more help. I have had help, but I could have had more. So that's it for now. And thanks again for listening. Tune in next time. Let your friends know about this. That's a, a blessing. And uh, sending you a great big COVID-free hug. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.